Hey y'all, I'm Sandra Pham. And I'm Min Vu. Welcome to our season finale of Asian in Austin. That flew by. Yes. I can't believe that what we started this in May of this year. This is our eighth episode. I can't even, I don't even know. I think <laughs> yeah. it's our eighth. Um, yeah, it's been crazy. We we did the little Spotify rap thing and we're like, I can't remember the stat. It was 25%, top 25% shared globally and also like top 20% followed podcasts on Spotify which is kind of crazy to think about I'm like there's so many podcasts on Spotify I don't mean to downplay our <laughs> that nice stat but it was a surprising and nice thing to see in the rap sure. I think it's been yeah it was really nice uh surprise of, of stats and we have really um, great listeners who always kind of give us feedback and, and share their thoughts after episodes, which has been really nice. But it's also been really interesting to see some of the reach we've had globally outside of Austin. And obviously, we see a ton more potential of what we can't do with the podcast and how we want to continue growing and, and reaching other audiences. Yeah. And it's been really fun to like bring on new people each month and be able to like get to know some folks around Austin that we probably wouldn't otherwise been able to get to know. And so I feel really fortunate that we've had that podcast. And I, I still think about Dr. Tang's episode and how lucky we were to get him as our first guest and really just like start the podcast off with an amazing conversation about identity and specifically obviously the Asian American experience. Yeah, definitely the community that we've have been able to kind of tap into and learning there are so many more voices that we want to share. Obviously, we've had amazing guests this past season and have jumped into a few topics that have been top of mind for us, but I'm I'm excited to see what other voices we can amplify. And I think we're both still figuring out how to how to evolve this show or take it to the next level or whatever that looks like for next year. You know, we're still thinking about that a little bit more, but I'm just, I'm proud of you, Sandra. I'm proud of us for deciding to go ahead and do this thing and put it out there and be good with it. So I, yay to us. Yeah, yeah for sure obviously this would not have happened without you and, and our partnership and the conversations we've had. And I also really want to thank our guests for taking a chance and joining us uh, for these conversations. Uh, they haven't always been easy and light conversations. We've, uh, you know, dived right into some, some deeper topics and really appreciate everyone being vulnerable with us and sharing just kind of along this journey. So we're coming up at the end of this year. You know, we started this podcast about halfway through the year. I'm curious for you, like, where does this podcast fit into the larger scheme of 2022 for Sandra? It's been a year for you too, you know, new job, 
you moved like a lot of changes um we were yeah we were kind of in sync with both of our life changes huh like a lot of chaos and introducing lots of new things I would say it's been really an enjoyable piece for me I, I I've shared that me moving back to Austin not feeling quite as I had the community as I did maybe in Houston or elsewhere and I think by jumping into this podcast with you, I've really been able to kind of build a community and uncover more of a community, uh, specifically the Asian American community that's based here in Austin. And yeah, I, I've, I've really been grateful for that. I think uh, just overall part of my journey here this past year was it, my life was in a bit of a chaos and and finding some grounding in, in some of the guests and the work that we've done, I've really found comforting. Yeah, that's awesome. I feel like that's kind of a similar path for me. Like the beginning of this year started super rocky for me or continued from from last year a little bit. But like, <laughs> I think with like moving a new, we, yeah, we both literally moved to a new place this year, got a new job this year, started this podcast, <laughs> lots of big life changes. The podcast has been like a really nice outlet to tap into a different piece of my brain and just like creative side. And like you said, it's hard for me to pinpoint whether or not it's because of the podcast or also like that this year, there has been a lot more things happening within the Asian American community, especially around town. And I'm, I'm like, I'm Am I more aware of it because of the podcast or has it been happening also just coincidence in the same time that we launched this podcast or both? You know, I, I think about all the amazing organizations that even compiling that list that we created was something really impactful for me to be able to see kind of the breadth of all the organizations and communities that um, exist in Austin. So that's been that's been really nice. Yeah, going into 2023, I think I have really strong intentions around continuing to support this community that we've been able to sort of tap into and how what are the best ways that we can celebrate and be amongst the community in, in the best way and show up in these communities. So I'm, I'm really excited. Yes, more to come. We will share more at the end of the episode, what we're thinking a little bit, just in terms of when the show might come back and and whatnot. But I think for this month, we were very excited to explore uh, a different perspective that we haven't had on the show yet. So <laughs> I hesitate, but it's true. It's a younger perspective. Um <laughs> And so we're excited to bring in our next guest, Ben Sa. Ben's a third-year student at UT Austin. He's studying economics. He's also the social media director of Unjaded, an AAPI-centered mental health and social advocacy organization. Unjaded is committed to providing an open space for all AAPI identities where we can promote meaningful community engagement and the destigmatization of mental health. 
he grew up in both the U.S. and South Korea, and we'll get into a little bit more of how that showed up for him. But, you know, I think from last month's episode with Lily and just talking about future generations and and what we're seeing from them kind of inspired us to want to learn more and talk to some of those folks, you know. So with that, let's let's get into our conversation with Ben. So y'all, for this episode, we are super excited to have our special guest, Benji Sa, join us today. Welcome, Benji. Hi. <laughs> we know it's early morning, but uh, really appreciate you joining us for this conversation. Uh, so we like to start our episodes and, and give a little intro to, to who you are. So uh, let's do a quick rundown. Uh, what are your ethnicities, your pronoun? Um, and how long you've lived in Austin. All right. Um, hi, I'm Benji. I identify with Korean American and my pronouns are he, him. And I've been, in total, I lived in Austin for around eight years, but most recently I've been here for around two. Cool. And you are currently a college student at the University of Texas. Can you tell us what you're studying and any other identities you want to share with our audience? Um, right now I'm a third year, I'm a junior in UT Austin, and I'm currently studying economics. All right, let's get into, we're really excited to have you and, and obviously learned about the work that you're doing through Unjaded, which we found on Instagram and seeing all the cool stuff that's happening on, at the UT campus these days, especially since like Sandra and I, the last time that, that we've been there, we haven't been there in a while. Um, I actually went to SIPFA recently and I was like, that that side, that part of campus has changed so much. But before we get into kind of campus life and what that experience is like today, I was curious if you can share a little bit more about um, the history of of your family and, and how they might have come to the States, how leading to like you and, and all that type of stuff, if you can share a little bit more about that for us. So my parents, they, I think they came to the States before I was even born. So uh, in the 90s with, I have three older siblings and I'm the baby out of four. And I was born actually really late and like the biggest age gap with my sister at the very top and me is like 20 years. So they came away before I was born and a lot wasn't planned kind of, but you know, my like, my like early years, I kind of, it was like, I went back and forth from Korea and America a lot. And so I was born in the Fort Worth area when I was, and then we moved back to Korea when I was around one or two. And I lived there for my pre-K years. And then I moved back to Austin where I lived for around five, six years, my elementary school up to like fourth, fifth grade. And then, and then that's when my old, one of my older brothers moved on to college. So it was just me and my parents. And my parents were like, okay, like they can do whatever they want. So like, <laughs> we went back to Korea and then I finished elementary school. I finished middle school there. And I had like one year of high school and then came back to the States. <laughs> finished high school and now I'm here so I don't know they I just kind of like 
was kind of pulled around from with my parents. So I was kind of just went with them. I was a little kid. And I don't really know a lot of stuff from how they moved to the States. It was kind of way before I was born. They were already kind of settled when I got when I got there. So yeah, that's a lot of going back and forth. And when you came back for high school, was that in Austin as well? Or I was actually in Belton. It's like a small town up north. You know where Colleen is? It's like near there. It's like around that area. Okay. So I feel like I'm curious going from like majority Korean spaces (laughs) to then like back to Texas. How did that, when did you feel like you first like acknowledged your Asian American identity or or felt Um, if it was like something to acknowledge? Honestly, while I was growing up, I was just like, I was just like, whoa, I'm there. Like, whoa, you know what I mean? I was just like going along like the waves. I was just like, I never really thought about like the impacts it had on me. And then one time, a couple of months ago, like I, my cousin and some of my friends, he they asked me like, oh, like, wasn't it hard? Like, wasn't it hard? Like going back and forth so much. And I really like, and that kind of made me think like, oh, like, did it really like impact me in some way? And I guess my American identity, I like kind of found when I got there and they were like, oh, you're from America. And like, are you good at English? So like, they'd always ask me like, can you say this in English? Can you say that in English? Well, I wasn't really, really mad about it. I was like, it was like, for me at that time, I was like in an opportunity to like make new friends. I was like, oh yeah, of course I know English. Like, yeah, I know, I know how to say this and that. And they like, my pronunciation is very like native. So it's like American. So they like, that was really cool. That was just, I was kind of just, I guess, kind of proud. And I was like, I just kind of used that. I was like, yeah, like, I know English. Like, you can ask me anything. And so and then I think that kind of made me notice, like, yeah, I'm like, I kind of a little different, I guess. Not in like a bad way, but like, you know, I'm just like, oh, I think I'm like a little different than the other Koreans here. So that might have been in a way I like kind of opened my eyes about my like Korean American identity. Yeah, I, I love that you have, uh, I would say, a somewhat unique childhood, being able to kind of experience two different countries at various different times of your upbringing, right? So kind of bouncing in between um, those those areas. And it sounds like you felt pretty embraced in, in both kind of communities and schools and uh, with your identity. So that's pretty cool. Were there any moments that you recognized, though, that maybe it was a challenge for you having to jump back and forth and um, were there any adjustment periods? When I first moved to Korea, it was like pre-K, so I didn't really remember much. And then when I moved back to Austin for my kindergarten years, that's where I like learned my English, still had a bit of, still learned a bit of Korean. And then I was like very like hyper, like, like, you know, I don't know, the goofy kid. And I don't know, um, when I moved back to Korea and I finished elementary school, I found out that like that type of personality is not super was kind of frowned upon I think as I remember kind of becoming a lot more quieter and just a little more introverted when I was starting school again in Korea but I don't think in general I think in societal pressure is kind of just like kind of just be low-key no don't stand out too much just be in your own lane but I was just very all over the place before I got there so I like I kind of learned I feel like 
I wasn't like I don't think there was like a super big incident where I was like oh my god I have to like shut up and like I have to be quiet but like just like gradually I was just kind of like noticing social cues and just noting noticing different things and I was just kind of and then my personality kind of changed into being more quiet and yeah that makes a lot of sense and then when you would go back to the states for like high school how what was that experience like um luckily I was pretty fluent in English already so like there wasn't a big like language barrier for me but honestly when I got back I was just like it was pretty late for me so I got back like I was pretty technically like have should have been a junior in high school when I came back from Korea but I went down a grade so it was like I was just busy like I have to get my driver's license I have to like teach the SATs I have to like get ready for college applications so it's kind of just I really minded my own business in high school made like one or two friends stuck with them but I guess yeah there wasn't that big of a struggle but I guess I just kind of my old self kind of came out again I just kind of got out of the the box and was kind of just like you know I guess I can be a little more expressive or a little more just open being so ingrained with these two different kind of experiences is there anything that you wish that you could share about your maybe your American school experience with your Korean friends and vice versa? Like, are there things that you just wish you could share with both? Like the like school experience? Yeah, school um, experience where I, you like, I wish my American school friends could learn or have this experience that I had maybe in Korea. Well, I really liked back in Korea where for each grade in class there we just had one class for the whole year each grade was divided into the classes and we would just have that same class for the whole year so we all know each other for the whole year I think that was what I liked back in Korea because we could be all closer together but America like you just every semester you move from different classrooms and you never really like I feel like you never really had like a connection with like the same people because every class period is like a different person so that time, that kind of aspect I liked about Korea, and I mean, and for American school, I think it's a lot more like a lot more freedom. I guess it's just like you can choose your own classes. You know, you can like walk around everywhere because in Korea, like there's just the you the students are in the same classroom, and then like the teachers just come and go, like different teachers for every like period for every like I guess subject. So you'd always just stay in the same room, but. I guess in America, you kind of like you can walk through other classrooms and all that type of stuff. And I guess that kind of aspect was kind of cool. And I yeah. thought that would be cool for each school in Korea and America. Yeah, that's very interesting. So I guess you're not really like catching up with your friend in the hallway and, and, yeah. and things like that if you're in the uh-huh. same classroom all day. Yeah, but interesting. Yeah, but in another way, like we're on the same classroom. So like we're all really close. What was like at home yeah your story is interesting in that like I'm gonna ask about Korean culture and how it was what was home life like versus school life because I feel like that sometimes can be different but you were in Korea for a good amount of time and so I'm just curious just in general in your life what has Korean culture the installation of that in your life has that always been consistent has it been have you felt like sometimes at home it's a lot more than like elsewhere or what does that look like for you uh when I was born I I guess I want to say my 
parents became more mellow because they're pretty old. <laughs> but so they never really like, I guess, like typical kind of Korean parents, they never really pushed me with grades, never were super strict about things. Unlike unlike my sisters and brothers up like way above me. That's when like my parents were young. My dad was still in like corporate life in Korea. Like he would only come back home like super late, like drunk with like corporate like lifestyle and like just sleep on the weekends. It was just my mom. And that's when they're really, very, really, really super strict, which I heard. And like it's kind of crazy because the outcome sometimes from like having just, I guess, more like quote unquote loving parents. Because back, I think they just, I think Asian parents in general have like a struggle just showing emotion or showing love. And like, I can, like, I can see like the effects on my like older siblings and how they like, how they grew up and like compared to mine and like just see the struggles they go through. So it's like, that's kind of crazy, like it's to me to think about. Um, yeah. Um, to being Korean, it was very open. They have most most of the time, every pretty much every conversation she did have talked to me in Korean. It wasn't really like frowned upon speaking in either language. And they're both Christian. So I grew up going to church, all that stuff. I had to follow them around, that type of thing. And Korean food, of course. Love my mom, love. But recently she's been <laughs> she hasn't been very she hasn't been cooking a lot, which I understand, you know, she's tired, like. <laughs> a few weeks ago I like I was really busy with midterms and I couldn't go to home it's like an hour away so I was like mom I'm coming home and like I was like I was thinking like oh I kind of want something she made you know and she was like is there anything at food and is there any food at home and she was like yeah I'll buy you some I was like okay like for sure that's fine you know and but why yeah, growing up yeah was, like for sure like Korean food was great loved it um what and, was the dish that you were hoping she would make? Uh, she makes a lot of good ones. Um, to be honest, anything, because I haven't had her cooking in a while. But, you know, she makes, like, noodles. Type of noodles is really good. And she makes, like, spicy pork. It's really good, too. I guess family events and type of stuff. And there's a couple, like, families that live in Texas. And I remember, like, going to my aunt's house. I lived in Austin when I lived in, like, oh, when I lived, oh, in Killeen, my aunt lives in Killeen. So when I lived in Austin when I was a kid, we'd go to their house all the time, every weekend or something and just go see them. Yeah. And I remember like during the holidays, like Christmas time, all the like families around the States would come back, come to, usually would come to Texas and like we would host and that'd be really fun. Well, gratefully, you know, I think I was, I was quote unquote kind of spoiled when I was growing up. So I didn't have a lot of like, struggles i guess which is well i'm not taking it lightly so so bendy you're very involved with uh a uc organization called unjaded uh and kind of part of the reason why we wanted to chat with you we're really kind of inspired by the organization's kind of mission here could you tell us a little bit more about uh, what the org does and how you got involved. Yeah, so we're in Jaded. We're an API-centered mental health and social advocacy org. And we're just really aiming to make like a safe and just open space for API identities because I feel like sometimes 
like on campus, even like the API orgs aren't super welcoming sometimes and just like kind of want a specific demographic or some like specific personality or I just, I think we just really want a place where you can just be yourself and you don't have to just make up this front even with other Asian people and just really destigmatize mental health and it's just like and talk about just really deep topics and issues in the API community surrounding surrounding mental health and just like just social issues or just in like growing up or all that type of stuff just bring awareness and just it's okay to be Asian you know so and just be comfortable in your own skin and there's also like trying to do more volunteering and all that type of stuff and give it back to the community that's awesome is that how long has unjaded been so they it's pretty fairly new they we just um started fall 2021 i believe so it's been last semester was our first year that's awesome how how's that been going so far and and what is your role um well i'm i wasn't the starting director and I was just a regular general member my first semester. And then I'm the social media director for Unjaded. And I just started last semester. So it's, it's just my second semester being in that position. You mentioned core to Unjaded is destigmatizing mental health. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Why, why did you all as an organization feel really drawn to, to address that? Well, I guess from my understanding, it's like, Mental health is, I feel like a lot of times it's just swept under the rug in a lot of API families and just individuals in general because of how just mental health is kind of, I feel like, taboo in a lot of Asian households in, in the API community. So we just really wanted to like, we have workshops where we kind of talk about mental health related topics. And recently we just talked about pressure and how that affects someone and just I'm like even like the model minority on all that type of stuff and just bring awareness to it and just kind of explain like you know it's okay to feel a certain type of way or it's okay to go through these type of things but like it's you know it's not healthy to like ignore those type of mental health and stuff like that and we just really wanted to learn let people know I guess and learn more you know we can learn too through that so yeah what drew you to like want to get into that space well initially I know one of the co-founders. Their name's Jay. They're amazing. And uh, they're, I knew them from my hometown in Killeen. So they were like, oh, like they were just starting up. They're like, hey, we're making this or you should join, you should join. And I was like, and so fall 2021 was my first semester at UT because I just transferred from UT Arlington. And I was like, hey, like I have to join an org anyways. And that young Jada just seemed very appealing to me because I did want like, an org that was API centered and just kind of have like a sense of community for me. So that's why I joined and I ended up loving it. Are there certain things that you really have to, are top of mind that you want to explore with the organization? So last semester as the director, social media director, I was still kind of getting used to things. And I was, I was kind of just like, you know, doing things they were telling me to do like, Hey, post that, Hey, post this. So, but this semester I have a little more freedom and I just really wanted I've been making a lot of like Instagram reels lately and I just really wanted to kind of capture the essence of a meeting or like a social and kind of just show a glimpse of how just like open or just like how much of a good space we can provide and for other people too. So because I really feel like, you know, like I'm a part of something and like I feel like no one really just rejects me and just kind of accepts me for who I am. 
That's awesome. Yeah, and I uh, also love that you mentioned Instagram Reels. Min and I will be the first to tell you we have no idea how to make them. We we kind of put them together, so maybe you'll have a, a few tips for us. It's also really interesting because I remember in college when there were org meetings and things like that, we didn't have social media really other than Facebook. So we either had a Facebook event or flyers everywhere. So um, how are, how do y'all mostly communicate through social media with your members? Is that primarily through Instagram, TikTok? What, what are y'all using? Mostly Instagram, but for like actual, like general members that have been accepted, we have a discord. So that's where like all the, we put, like we sent out like an acceptance email and then you can like, they, we have the, they have the discord link there and we make a lot of announcements there, a lot of volunteering opportunities in there. And they can just really, it's like a really open space for them to just chat. And there's like, we have like music, like channels, we have like book channels and like, it's just really free type of just space for them to just chat and just make small talk or any opportunities, you know, do you know if that's how most organizations are communicating with them? I don't, I don't know because okay. I wasn't with like the directors when like they're like coming up and like making everything. So yeah, maybe. I mean, Discord is pretty, I guess, popular with like kids our age, especially if they're like doing like games and stuff like that. But it's just like a big community type app. So we that's for yeah. like pretty specific, like just our general members, but for I guess the public or just Instagram, someone, yeah, we, a lot of times we just make, we make graphics for meetings and socials, stuff like that. And we post them on our Instagram. That's usually our, like, like just a big amount announcement page, pretty much. Yeah. I just want to say too, that hearing about Unjaded, I'm thinking back to like the orgs that I was interested in back at UT or not interested in. I mean, Sandra and I were both orientation advisors. Oh, and at cool. least for me, that's where I found community. So yeah, I'm just really glad that something like this exists at UT now. I can't really imagine it existing back then, especially on the topic of mental health. That wasn't yeah. a topic at all that was necessarily talked about when we were on campus let alone getting more specific into the AAPI community and what that looks like too. So hats off to all of y'all for doing that stuff. As far as like social media goes, I'm curious, and this just might be men being old and just, <laughs> you know, obviously you're the social media director. How has social media played in your life? Like, what is that? My life. And, and I guess has that, is that why like you wanted to do social media specifically at Unjaded or... For me personally, for me, like more recently, past few years, I've been really active on Instagram. And you know how like people say like Instagram's fake? Sometimes like I kind of like embrace that fakeness and be like, yeah, I'm being fake. I'm just like making aesthetic posts and just like posting stories and like make seem like make me make it seem like my life is so much better than it actually is. So like that type of aspect, I've been really having fun on it. And just like I've been I've been interested in like curating my own like feed and like how it looks and stuff like that and I think some of the directors noticed my interest in that and they're like you should apply so I was like that's when I applied for that role nice you sound so passionate about social media is that something you're hoping to explore beyond kind of yeah so I'm thinking of minoring in like a marketing minor so starting next semester I mean next next semester the deadline was over for this semester but 
I originally just wanted to like a marketing minor, but apparently it's only for Macomb students. So I'm doing something really similar to that. I think it's kind of like called like professional sales and like business management or something like that, or business marketing major. I'm minor, so I'm going to start taking some intro classes and try to dive into it and see how I like it. But I've been interested ever since like joining the org for that type of position and just kind of started as me just being like just having fun on Instagram. Yeah, no, that sounds like a ton of fun. And um, me being a marketing nerd myself, I'm always gonna <laughs> encourage others to, to explore marketing because I find it really enjoyable. But do you have an idea of what are some things that you want to do in the future career-wise? Um, I'm still thinking about that. You know, um, never truly know sometimes. And I'm thinking like about my options. Do I just want to go to like a grad program do I want to just get a job in like economics or I might just find something through my minor like marketing but I'm still in the process of thinking over that and yeah I hope the best <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> yeah and I think it always changes too I mean I've gone through some changes since post-grad and stuff too and I think whatever that feels in that moment in time is going to be what it is. And then you can pivot like it's okay. Sometimes it gets scary, but I think that's part of the journey in general. You you mentioned that you transferred into UT Austin. Was there a reason why you chose UT Austin? Yeah. What so brought you back to Austin? I was part of the CAP program. If you're aware of that, it's where like you go to, you get rejected your first year when you like apply to Austin, but they're like, oh, you kind of missed the cutoff. So like they give you like a program where you go to any other like UT branch and you stay there for your freshman year. And like, if you get good grades or a certain amount of credits, you get to get like auto admission for your second year. So my, my, just my goal back then was just like getting into Austin was I wasn't really thinking about a major yet. So I was like, I thought the CAP program would be a good way like a, a little more easier way to get in than like just transferring like off the bat yeah that's yeah luckily I did pretty good in New Charlington and then I got here and my sister a lot of my family actually graduated UT too so I was like my parents are kind of like UT like so I was like okay <laughs> so yeah that's how I got here did you live on campus ever or um, um I lived I actually lived on campus in Arlington so mm. I was in a dorm in Arlington that was enough dorm life for me. <laughs> so, um, and then for Austin, I've been my whole sophomore year. I think I was at my aunt's house here. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And how are you like, what are your, some of your favorite like Austin parts or like, what, what do you like to do for fun? Um, I love the, the big lawn on six pack. If you remember. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what's called. I don't know what the right like term is now because I we I think like a lot of people call it Main Lawn because it's at Main Mall. And then I asked my cousin who was also like a UT grad, and she was like, "What? Like, where is that?" I'm like, <laughs> so I was like, I was like, "You said six pack." Oh. Yeah, she was like ah. six pack. I was like, "Oh, I was like that's called six pack." But yeah, nowadays the weather's gotten less hotter, so I've been going there a lot to just think or just sit down or eat food or. That's what I've been one of my favorite spots. I've definitely had many like in between classes, just like posting mm -hmm. up there and yeah. or, like meeting friends there. Yeah. I'm like, getting nostalgic now. <laughs> um, 
I uh, do you remember, I think we've talked about this before, men, but there was a guy that he would sell like egg rolls and things in front of the tower, like right by the six pack. I would like grab uh, that, lay on the lawn, you know, take a little nap. Um, but I think he's long gone because I, I don't think there's a guy selling egg rolls up there. Not long gone. You mean he's, maybe gone. he's retired? He's retired. Oh, he's, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I bet he's no longer um, selling egg rolls there. <laughs> But those are fun memories I have in between class and, and just kind of hanging out there. So when you think about, you know, post-graduation, are there any like certain just pieces of like people like the, the, the man selling egg rolls? That's for, you know, nostalgic for me that you'll kind of think fondly of. I'm going to say unjaded. You know, it's kind of cliche, but I just met a lot of really cool people through there and a lot of friends through there. So I think I'll kind of miss that experience. Yeah, no, that's so special. And uh, I think I'm a, a bit jelly that there's an organization that exists like Unjaded because I think men and I can probably say those are things that were in our minds and we were probably looking for during our college experience. And it's uh, really inspiring to see that y'all decided, hey, we wanted a space for for folks that look like us and conversations that were important to you. So kudos. Yeah, I think from my end, and I don't mean to be like, I don't know if this sounds like super millennial or whatever, but (laughs) just like the idea, the self-awareness that even in our conversation that you're sharing with us, even when you talk about Instagram and like knowing really what it's used for, but (laughs) still leaning into it and having a creative outlet through it. And then also establishing unjaded and just like going for it. I, I don't know. I, I guess it would be hard for you to compare to another way of being, but like, has that always felt natural to you, to friends um, of yours, to just like really call things out for what it is? Um, yeah, I try my best to be honest. And I, I, of course, I've had a period where I was not super confident with myself and I was very insecure about things. But I think it's just like a me thing for now. Recently, I've been just trying to be more, just change my mindset about things. Just be just, uh, I don't know, like just not really care about what other people think about me. And just like, I I saw like a Twitter thread where like how to be like confident, like so confident to the point where like, you know, so it was like one of them was like, if someone like stares at you on the, on the street or like in public, like don't think immediately they're thinking like something's weird about you. Just think like, oh, you're super hot. They're super hot. Something like that. So like that type of things. I just like, yeah, I don't know. It, I feel like it might be like our generation type of thing too. But, you know, I, a lot of feel, I feel like a lot of people in my generation don't really want to deal with the BS anymore. And, and then I think that's kind of coming out in like just more expressiveness or more confidence and I've also been trying to regain my confidence yeah that's awesome thank you for sharing that with us before we get into a rapid fire type of ending questions where we get to just get your gut reactions to things we also like to ask our guests what being Asian American means to you today in this moment I'm curious if you could share that with us I guess just being comfortable in my own skin and it's nothing that I can change and it's going to be anything that I should be ashamed of. So I just like feel like for anyone or any Asian American or any demographic, just being 100% you and just being your 100% like true self. That's for me. 
Love that. And thank you for being your true self and joining us today. So we'd like to wrap up our episode with rapid fire questions. Whatever comes to mind first, uh, just kind of shout it out. So what is your favorite Asian snack growing up? Mm, cup, cup ramen. Cup ramen. Okay. What was your flavor of choice? Uh, it feels different every time in Korea. <laughs> because they had a lot of selections in the convenience stores. But I think it was like a, they had like a, like tuna, like mayo type thing. I don't know. They had a lot of weird flavors, but. I've never had a tuna mayo. Had like cheese. And like, what? Yeah. I'm, I don't know. Okay. I see like that. Flavor. They have like all types. We didn't get that over in the States. So they were, <laughs> they were keeping it over there. Yeah. Korean is, Korea is a pioneer in like cut ramen. That's so interesting. We'll have to try that. Um, what is your outside of campus? What is your favorite thing to do in Austin? Mm, favorite thing, favorite thing. Um, thrifting. I love Ooh, a lot of thrifting. good thrift shops. Um, recently I went to the Gobel Bins. There's one up north and up down south, and I got my gloves and I just yeah, I got a lot of good things. Yeah, shame to Shein, right? Just I know. I saw a couple Shein in there. <laughs> oh, no, of course. Cool. And then what is your favorite Asian restaurant in Austin? I recently, I've been liking a lot of Madame Mams. Yeah, I've been going there a lot. It's on campus too, so. Yeah, tried and true. Madame Mams hopefully will be around forever. Well, thank you so much, Benji. We really enjoyed kind of getting to know you and uh, learning a lot from you. And uh, really appreciate you coming to the show. So much. Thank you so much for inviting me, guys. It was such a good opportunity. That was awesome. Yeah, huge shout out to Ben and him sharing more of his story with us. I think I can speak for both of us, Andrew. We're super excited to see kind of where he goes and how things shape out for him throughout his time at UT Austin and then what that brings for the future for him. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's I know it's cheesy, but there's so much in the future and in store for him. I just think about us being in college and did we think we were ever going to start a podcast together? No, not even tour podcasts existed when we were in college. Is that a thing? Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah. So uh, yeah, just to echo that your sentiments. Really excited for him and his future. And uh, speaking of future, the future for Asian in Austin podcast and kind of wrapping up the season again. Want to thank everyone who has listened in and our season finale. So grateful for you all for following in this journey. And we are going to take a little bit of break. I think well deserves a bit of rest, and we'll return next year. But excited for mini break here. Yeah. And, and look, we are constantly thinking about how we can improve the podcast and change up the format, if at all, what, what kind of guests we want to bring on, what topics we want to explore. So if you are so compelled and would like to share kind of what you enjoyed, who your favorite guests were, or what have you, we'll be doing some stuff on social media still on our Instagram. But if you want to drop us an email as well, that would be super appreciated. We'll put the email address in the description, but it's also Asian in ATX podcast at gmail.com. And yeah, I don't know, Sandra, it's been, I mean, obviously we hang out outside of the podcast, but I'm really happy that we were able to, to do this together and have this like consistent time with each other. 
Yeah, for sure. Cheers to us, everyone Cheers else. Cheers to all of it. our listeners. <laughs> yes. And thank y'all again for sticking with us. It's been, yeah, it's been really nice to see the reach that this podcast has had, even outside of, of our very supportive, immediate friends and all the new <laughs> friends that we've made because of the podcast. So yes, we love, we appreciate y'all. Catch us out in real life as we take a little break. We'll still be around. We'll be bopping around Austin and we hope to see y'all next season. All right. See y'all. Bye.